Every year, thousands of people are told there's no explanation for their health concerns and no way to fix them. They feel frustrated, undermined, and lost. I know, because that was me, before I figured out the actual causes and reclaimed my health. Now, I help others do the same. I'm Ina Toppler, and this is Health Mystery Solved. Hello there, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Health Mystery Solved. I don't know about you, but time has been absolutely flying for me. As I record this, we are more than halfway through the summer. The baby is going to be one in just about a month, and I have been juggling many different things, but thankfully all is well, and I hope all is well with you too. I wanted to tell you that last week, I posted an Ask Me Anything about thyroid and Hashimoto's on my Instagram stories, and I got hundreds of questions. I answered as many as I could, but there were just so many to answer individually. I also know that if one person has a question, many others are probably thinking it too. And when answering from stories, the reply only goes to the person asking. And so I decided to do another Ask Ina episode so that everyone can hear these questions and answers, especially since it has been over a year since I did the last Ask Ina episode. I'm telling you, time really is flying. I am also in the process of writing and recording my 100th episode, which will air in just a few weeks, and that is going to be even more specifically on Hashimoto's, some of the newest research that's available to really help to explain how we can navigate the many, many symptoms of Hashimoto's. So be sure that you're subscribed to the show so that you will automatically see that episode when it airs. Now, to your questions. Since I got so many, I divided them into categories and grouped the similar ones together so that I can answer them all. I got a lot of questions about thyroid and weight loss. Here's one. I work out and watch what I eat, but every year I gain weight. I can't get rid of it. Is there anything I can do? Yes, there is absolutely something that you can do. First and foremost, it is important to check your thyroid levels. As some of you may know, because I talk about this a lot, both on social and on the show, your thyroid is so much more than just TSH. It is so important to check the full thyroid panel, which is TSH, total T4, total T3, free T4, free T3, the reverse T3, and thyroid antibodies, and if possible, also the T3 uptake. Now, to help you, I actually created a free PDF that you can download right from the show notes. It's called, Is Your Doctor Missing Your Thyroid Issues? This gives you all of these labs, as well as the explanations why you need them and what you can do once you get your labs and how you can interpret them. So you can download that by going to the show notes. You can either scroll down right where you're listening and whatever app you're using, or you can go to the website healthmysterysolve.com and go to episode number 98 and you're going to see it. A lot of times people may be on medication for thyroid and they're expected to feel better, but the only thing that's tested is their TSH. And so if you don't have your T4, T3, or some of the other markers, it's possible those are still off. And so if your thyroid is not optimal, that's one big reason you may not be losing weight and possibly gaining weight each year. 
also, if you have Hashimoto's, it is possible that you're having more and more thyroid destruction. And because of that, you may need more medicine each year. Of course, there's a lot that we can do to support that. I will talk more about that as we go through all the questions today and also in the Hashimoto's episode that's coming up. But that could be one of the reasons. Another important thing for weight loss is to balance inflammation. So oftentimes, and especially if you have thyroid issues and Hashimoto specifically, there's going to be more inflammation. So yes, thyroid medicine may be needed for you and it might be important, but it's not everything. Because Hashimoto's is very inflammatory and it is an autoimmune disease, you want to make sure you're balancing the immune system. So it's really important that we're eating anti-inflammatory foods and we want to make sure that we're balancing our blood sugar. One of the biggest things that we see when someone has weight loss resistance or more weight gain is they may not be eating a lot, but how they're eating and how they're combining their foods may not be exactly ideal for them. And so for this reason, you want to make sure that you are eating regularly and that you're not carb loading. So you're balancing your carbohydrates, your proteins, and your fats. If your blood sugar is balanced, it's going to be much easier to lose weight. So definitely pay attention to these things. And the next question is, is it true that if you have Hashimoto's, you can easily develop other autoimmune diseases? This is very sad if that's the case. So unfortunately, yes, this is true. The thing is though, that there is a lot that you can do. Just because you have Hashimoto's does not mean you will definitely get a lot of these other autoimmune diseases. So rather than looking at this as something that's very sad, we can look at it more as something that is empowering. Now first, let me tell you why this is true. The reason is that when we have an autoimmune disease like Hashimoto's, for example, that is when the immune system attacks the thyroid. So the issue isn't so much that the thyroid is at fault. The thyroid is just an innocent bystander. The issue is that the immune system is confused and is accidentally attacking the thyroid thinking it's something that's bad, right? The problem is if the immune system stays confused and nothing is done to help balance and calm the immune system, it can then attack other organs. And there's something called cross-reactivity where antibodies to thyroid can cross-react with other tissues. So that's the reason why someone can develop other autoimmune diseases. So the biggest thing to remember here is that we want to balance inflammation and support the immune system and not just the thyroid. There's so many people that tell me, oh, I have Hashimoto's and I have hyperthyroidism. My doctor gave me levothyroxine or my doctor gave me Synthroid, which are thyroid medications. And so everything should be fine now, right? And you know, the answer there is, well, it depends. The medication is probably important for you to get your hypothyroidism in check so your TSH goes down, but the medication doesn't quote unquote treat the Hashimoto's. The medication helps to give you the hormone you need so your thyroid functions better, but it doesn't do anything for that inflammation. So when we look at that inflammation, there's typically triggers that the immune system then becomes inflamed. And I actually talk a lot about this back in episode 32, solving the autoimmune mystery. So if you missed that episode, there's a lot of information there. So please be sure to check it out. But in a nutshell, some of the big triggers that can inflame the immune system and cause it to get confused are things like foods. Now there could be many different foods, but gluten and dairy tend to be the big ones. There's also stress, which is a huge one, infections, 
and toxins. So these are all things that you want to look into. And if you want to learn more about it, I talk about it in much more detail in episode 32. Now, the next question is, can I have thyroid symptoms if my TSH is just a little bit outside of the reference range? And the answer is yes, especially if your other thyroid hormones like T4 and T3 are low. And oftentimes TSH may not look that bad, but T4 and T3 are going to be low. And typically it's a combination where you'd have a slightly elevated TSH and a slightly lower hormone level. And that is a sign that your body doesn't have enough hormone and you need thyroid hormone for everything in your body. So absolutely you can have symptoms. The other thing is that if you also have Hashimoto's, a lot of the symptoms could be due to the inflammation and that immune system dysregulation. So it could sort of be a double whammy where you're getting it from improper thyroid hormone or not enough thyroid hormone and then the inflammation. And the interesting thing to note is that thyroid hormone is important for so many things, including helping with inflammation. So then it becomes this vicious cycle when there's not enough thyroid hormone and at the same time, because of that, the thyroid hormone isn't there to help with the inflammation and the inflammation gets worse. And then we can have potentially many more symptoms. Make sense? Now, the next question is, how do you know if Synthroid is working or if you need to switch? That's a very good question. And the answer here is there's two ways and you ideally want to look at both. So first, you want to check your thyroid levels. Whenever you start on a medication, you ideally want to check thyroid levels within about four to six weeks to see how it's working. And as I mentioned earlier, you want to make sure you check not just TSH, but all of the other markers. And again, if you need them, I have the download here in the show notes for you. What's important to remember is that Synthroid is a T4 medication and your body needs to then convert the T4 into T3, which is the active hormone, and use that T3. So for a lot of people, that conversion is not a problem and everything is okay. But there is a good portion of the population who for many different reasons don't convert very well. And so in those cases, if someone is taking Synthroid, which is T4, and that T4 does not convert to T3, they can be low in T3. And so often doctors don't test T3. So they'll give someone Synthroid, test their TSH, their TSH will come back into normal range and they'll say everything is fine. Meanwhile, the person may not be feeling well or they may be feeling slightly better, but not enough. So it is really important to test all of your hormones, including the T3 to see how it's working. If your T3 is low, you may then want to look at things that can naturally help conversion, or you can possibly consider a medication that has T3 in it, which would be something like Armour, which is a desiccated thyroid that has both T4 and T3, or there's T3 medications that can be added on to Synthroid. Obviously, these are things you would have to discuss with your doctor, but that's one way to know if it truly is working. The other thing that's important is how you feel. Sometimes our labs look great, it's picture perfect, but the person may not be feeling well. Why is that? Well, there could be a couple of different reasons. One is that different medications have different fillers. So some of them may have certain excipients. Some of them may have certain colorings. Like for example, certain dosages of Synthroid may have different colorings and you may notice some are yellow, some are green. 
And there are people, especially those with Hashimoto's who tend to be more sensitive, they can react to some of these fillers. So sometimes your numbers look good, but if you don't feel well, you could be reacting to something from the medication. Now, the good news there is there's a lot of different medications. So there's Synthroid, which is the name brand. There's also Levothyroxine, which is the generic, and the ingredients are slightly different. There's another one called Tyrosint, which I really like. And Tyrosint is a T4 only, but it doesn't have any excipients. It's basically in a gel, like a glycerin gel. And so it's very easy to absorb and it doesn't have any fillers or coloring. So that can possibly be an option if your numbers are good, but you're not feeling well with the medication. So you really want to see how you feel and you want to test. And that's how you know if the medication is working. It is also very important to test often, especially in the beginning. You know, sometimes people test in six weeks and things look good and then they forget about it and don't test for a year. If you have Hashimoto's, TSH can often fluctuate. So I think testing every six months is great. However, if you're not feeling well, it may be every six to eight weeks for a little bit until you figure out the right dose and calm down the inflammation. Now, the next question is, why does my thyroid medication stop working after several months? So there's a couple of different reasons here. Typically, if you have Hashimoto's, what's going to happen is there's going to be more of an attack on your thyroid when you have a flare-up. And for some people, they may have more flare-ups than others. And if there's more of an attack on the thyroid, as you can imagine, more of the thyroid gland gets destroyed. And if the thyroid gland gets more destroyed, it's going to be less able to produce hormone. So if the thyroid isn't able to produce as much hormone, what's going to happen is you're going to need more and more medication. Now, again, the goal here is to address the Hashimoto's and to address why the immune system is creating the attack so that we can stop further attack on the thyroid. But if the attack is happening, that's the reason why you may need more medicine. Another reason why people may feel like their medication isn't working is they may have trouble absorbing it. So if you have gut issues, that could be one of the problems, or sometimes when there's a lot of inflammation, or if you're exposed to a lot of toxins, especially things like plastics or pesticides, those things can block the receptors and then medication could be coming in, but your cells are not able to absorb it. So even though it's a different reason, the way to go about it and the way to fix it is similar. And that's looking at the different triggers and really cleaning up your diet, watching your stress, watching some of the personal care products and cleaning products that you use, trying to eat organic when possible so that we could take some of these toxins and the inflammation out of your body. The next question is, will I be on medication forever? The answer here is, it depends. There are people that can get off medication, but it depends on if you have hypothyroidism or if you have Hashimoto's. If it's hypothyroidism, and sometimes it's not due to Hashimoto's, it can be due to some type of inflammation or maybe some type of a toxic exposure, possibly even to some type of a virus in the thyroid. And in those cases, the thyroid can come back and it is possible. In the case of Hashimoto's, the thyroid gets destroyed. Depending on how much of the thyroid is destroyed would depend on how much medication you need and if you will be able to get off. The goal, as I was mentioning earlier, is to stop further attack. Now, the thyroid technically can regenerate. 
But the question is, can it regenerate enough? That's hard to say. And so for some people, medication is going to be needed. But if I can offer a way for you to possibly reframe this, I know that many people think about medication and they think medication is bad, right? It's synthetic, it's unnatural. But when it comes to thyroid, perhaps you can think of it a little bit differently. Rather than thinking about it as a medication, what if you think about it as an essential hormone, which it is, because thyroid hormone, T4 and T3, is an essential hormone that you need for all of the cells in your body. And if for whatever reason, whether it's inflammation or Hashimoto's, your thyroid isn't able to produce that, taking thyroid medication is essentially replacing something that your body absolutely needs. And so this way, instead of viewing it as this potentially negative thing, it's really identical to your own body's thyroid hormone. And since unfortunately your body can't make enough of it, it's a way to replace it so that your body can do all of its necessary functions. That's how I like to think about it because for some people they do need it, but you know what? It's actually worse for your body to be deficient in thyroid hormone and not give it that hormone than to take it. So maybe think of it this way and that will help. I actually have a personal experience with this. When I first graduated nutrition school, we're going back almost 20 years, I definitely thought that all medications were bad and supplements, foods, everything natural was good. At that point, I was very, very black and white. And I also didn't realize how much you need thyroid hormone for. Literally, it's everything. And so my TSH was a little bit on the high side for quite a while, a couple of years, I would say. And my T4 and T3 were a little bit low. And I worked on it naturally. And I worked on it and I worked on it. And it got a little better, but not quite where it needed to be. And it honestly felt like I was going upstream. I worked harder and harder and harder. And it just wasn't quite getting there. And then I gave in, so to speak. And I did start a small dose of thyroid medication. And it was such a shift for me. It was a small dose, but I instantly felt better. I noticed a lot of changes in my skin, my hair, my metabolism, my digestion, and it was just a small dose. And you know, what's interesting is one of the things that people don't realize is that when you don't have enough thyroid hormone, your body actually can't heal. Your gut lining can't heal. And so I was doing all of these things to help to support my gut. Meanwhile, because I didn't have enough thyroid hormone, my gut wasn't healing. When I put that in, not only did I feel better, but a lot of the things I started to do for my gut were working that much better. So the point here is that for some people, yes, unfortunately, you may have to take the medication forever, but just reframe how you think about it. And that medication is giving you that essential hormone that you absolutely need. With that said, though, there are definitely people that are able to get off. So it's something that you want to work with your doctor and make sure you're supporting your body as a whole. And then that's something you can speak to your doctor about trying. The next question is, at my last check, my TSH was where we want it to be. And I'm doing well and losing weight. However, I have hair loss. Why is that still the case? So your thyroid is very important for your hair, but your thyroid is not everything. When it comes to hair, there's a lot of other things that are at play. So the first thing you want to do is you want to check your iron levels, ideally not just hemoglobin, but also your total iron, your iron saturation, and your ferritin, 
you want to make sure that those are in range. The ferritin does fluctuate a little bit, especially for women after the menstrual cycle. So if that's a little bit lower, but the other ones are in range in the middle of the range, that's okay. But if they're all low and ferritin is low, then you would likely need to either increase your iron rich foods or take an iron supplement. The other big thing that people don't realize when it comes to hair is blood sugar. So if someone doesn't have a balanced blood sugar, so maybe they're skipping meals or maybe they're not balancing their meals where they're eating too many carbohydrates at one meal and not balancing it with a protein and a fat, that's going to create insulin spikes and that can influence polycystic ovarian syndrome and that is going to affect your estrogen and testosterone levels, which will directly affect the hair. So big connection between blood sugar and hair. So be sure that you pay attention to that. The next question is, I understand that gluten and dairy can be issues for those with Hashimoto's, but what about coffee or tea? Can those aggravate it? This is a great question. Yes, they possibly can. So coffee can do it in two ways. One, coffee has caffeine in it, obviously. And for some people, especially when they have thyroid issues, they also can have very sensitive adrenal glands. And if the adrenal glands are either overstimulated or they've been overstimulated for a while where now they're on the lower end, doing coffee can be too stimulating and it can affect the adrenals negatively and the adrenals can then impact the thyroid because they work very closely together. The other potential issue is that if you have a reaction to gluten, which so many people with Hashimoto's do, coffee is something that can cross-react with gluten. Of course, not every person who has a gluten issue will have an issue with coffee, but there is that possibility. And you can actually do a food sensitivity test and test to see if coffee is an issue. And if so, that can inflame the immune system. And then for tea, Regular tea should be okay, but green tea is something that can be too immune stimulating. And so for some people with Hashimoto's, that can create flare-ups. The next question is, I have double vision from Hashimoto's. Should I see an eye specialist? Yes, an eye specialist is of course always helpful, but it's important that you address your immune system if you have Hashimoto's. There are definitely relationships between the inflammatory process from the autoimmunity that attacks the thyroid that can also attack certain tissues in the eye. So if this is happening for you, of course, please see the eye specialist. That's very important. But also look at a lot of the Hashimoto's triggers and those immune triggers. If you work on those and lower inflammation, that should help. Next question is, what are the chances of getting pregnant with Hashimoto's? The chances are very, very good. I had two kids. I have hundreds and hundreds of clients with Hashimoto's who have all gotten pregnant. So the chances are very good. What you want to do here is you want to support the immune system as we've been talking about, and you want to also support your thyroid and make sure that you have enough thyroid hormone. Not enough thyroid hormone is definitely a reason for people having issues conceiving also potentially with miscarriages as well. So thyroid hormone is needed to keep the pregnancy. It's needed to help have optimal progesterone. And you also need thyroid hormone for eggs to mature. So 
make sure you test a full thyroid panel. Again, if you need that, I have the download in the show notes here and make sure that your thyroid hormones are balanced. And the next question is, is it safe to take levothyroxine or Synthroid while pregnant? Yes, yes, yes. Not only is it safe, it is absolutely needed if your TSH is high and your hormones are low. For the first eight weeks, the baby is actually relying on your thyroid hormone before their own thyroid gland forms. So yes, it is extremely safe and it's absolutely necessary if you don't have enough thyroid hormone that you supported during pregnancy. The next question is, what are the root causes of goiter aside from iodine deficiency? So you may be surprised to hear this, but iodine deficiency is actually not that big of a cause of goiter, especially in the United States, just because most people are not that iodine deficient. You only need a very small amount of iodine for your thyroid, and your thyroid also stores iodine. So most people don't need really high doses of it for their thyroid. Goiter is typically caused by an elevated TSH, and more so than iodine, there's chemicals that are considered goitrogenic. So these are things like plastics, pesticides. Those are the things that can block the hormones and then the TSH can go up. And when TSH is elevated for a prolonged period of time, that is what creates that buildup and the growth of the thyroid tissue and hence the goiter. And the last question is my naturopath said that I have Hashimoto's, but my endocrinologist says that I do not. My antibodies are there, but below the reference range. Do I have it or do I not? Now, this is a great question and I get this question a lot. It's a little bit of a gray area. The way I look at this is that something is forming, but it may not actually be official because the antibodies are not above the reference range. So officially, you may not be able to say that you have it, which is why the endocrinologist is saying that you don't. But from more of a functional and holistic perspective, when we look at this, we see that, well, wait a minute, there really shouldn't be any antibodies against the thyroid. So if antibodies are being formed, something is happening. Now we don't know, of course, is it happening very slowly and it may be 50 years for them to go up. And by that point, would it matter, right? Maybe, but at the same time, it could be five years or maybe less. So when looking at this, I would be mindful and I would look at triggers. I would do a food sensitivity test. I would see if you have any celiac genes and then look at things like gluten because that's such a biggie, stress, toxins. And I would try and do everything that you can to help to calm the body, calm the immune system, and do as many anti-inflammatory things as you can. And then since you do see some of those antibodies and there is a number, you can track it and you can see if it's going up or down. So again, it's a little bit hard to say. I don't know if officially we can say, yes, you have it, but in my eyes, something looks like it may be forming. So I would keep an eye. I wouldn't just ignore it. I hope these were helpful for you. And if you have Hashimoto's and want to learn more, please stay tuned. In my 100th episode, I am going to give you a lot more details and a lot more information, and that's going to be airing in just a few weeks. So please be sure that you subscribe to the show. Also, if we're not yet connected on Instagram, please be sure that you connect with me. I'm at Ina Toppler. 
I post a lot about Hashimoto's and thyroid, and there's tons and tons of references on my page. So let's connect. And as always, when it comes to your health issues, please don't give up. The answers are there and there really is hope. I'm Ina Toppler. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I will see you on the next episode of Health Mystery Solved. All information, content, and material on this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider.